Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talks with Joe podcast. Today, I have a special guest. She was on an episode of mine's like early on, um, and she, now she's back. <laughs> Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi, guys. Um, thank you again for having me. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a while, and I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm very excited about the topic that you asked me to be a part of. Yeah, so like I, I asked Melissa since um she's an artist, um to talk about like art and creativity and how it relates to healing and spirituality because in many ways it does relate to all that stuff. So um, yeah, let's talk about art. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get started into um all this um becoming like your becoming an artist? Um, it started when I was really young. Um, so when I was younger, I really, um, how do I say this? When I was younger, I was, I gravitated towards comics, uh, manga, graphic novels, and video games. And those outlets were like my escape, uh, to a world that I wanted to be a part of. And because I loved those art forms so much, I started drawing, like I started drawing my favorite anime characters, my favorite video game characters. And um, I guess that's where it started. Cause like when I first started drawing, um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't making completely original artwork. I was like drawing my favorite characters at first. And then eventually it evolved into making my own stories and creating my own characters with their own mm -hmm. um, life and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you were talking about earlier uh, how, well, this was before we started recording, <laughs> <laughs> about how being an introvert in your family kind of like inspired you to like yes create. yeah <laughs> yes thank you for reminding me um yeah I've always been introverted even around family and friends I've always felt uncomfortable around large groups of people and like very high energy crowds so whenever and my family they're Filipino and um mm -hmm. we would have frequent um family gatherings barbecues and as much as like I enjoyed being around everyone, uh, being around so many people always made me felt uncomfortable. So I would always find a corner or uh, find a table and I would just start drawing. Sorry if you heard my dog in the background. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. say it. Yeah, she just got a new puppy. So, you know, ignore the little cute little distractions. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be a part of the podcast yeah he does um anyways um so I would always find a corner or like a place to start drawing mm -hmm. and everyone in my family and friends knew that was just what I did and what I really appreciated that was that instead of making me feel bad for being a loner in the corner to start drawing instead I would have people occasionally visit me and ask oh what are you drawing or yeah. why are you drawing that and then um you know that made me feel like it was okay and it it kind of like opened up a conversation yeah and then um 
I think your yeah. passion drew people in too. Like if you're doing something you love, people are just like, oh my gosh, she's like, so she loves this so much, you know? Yeah. And um, also depends on what I'm drawing. Like I remember I was at a family gathering like long time ago, definitely around like fourth, fifth grade. And it was like a mix of my dad's family, but also his friends and their friends' family. So it was like a huge group of people that I didn't know. And it was like an extended family. So I would be upstairs with the other kids and um, I would be drawing like my favorite manga character or mm-hmm. um, at the time, the big thing was Naruto. So I would be drawing <laughs> Naruto scenes. And, um, you know, there'd be people I didn't know and they would come up to me and they're like, oh my God, I love Naruto or, and it would just open a conversation and it would help me meet people that um, I had things in common with. Going back to the idea of like art being healing or um, it was just always my escape, even in middle school. So before I met you, like early on, like sixth, seventh grade, I didn't have a solid group of friends or like friends I really trusted. Um, And so my art class and drawing was my, like helped me feel comfortable. And going back to like the whole family gatherings, I was fortunate enough to me drawing in the corner, no one like chastised me for being a loner, but instead, me doing that action like allowed people to get to know me more because it it's not comfortable telling people hey I'm not I don't want to be around large groups of people Mm -hmm. I'm not like I'm not comfortable when there's a bunch of loud people around me like I never did well at parties or um like later in life I didn't do well at happy hours I don't like bar hopping like being around large groups of people really do make me feel like out of place and uncomfortable. So like being able to draw in a corner just kind of like um, subtly tells people like, hey, that's the kind of person I am. I want to be alone and I want to draw. <laughs> yeah. And, and I am fine with that. And yeah. it also allowed me to realize who like my true friends are or who like my crowd of people are like if you are okay with me being in the corner by myself drawing and you don't feel some sort of way about that then I know that you understand me on a personal level Mm -hmm. Um, all throughout high school like my friend gatherings like and you know this (laughs) is just you guys coming over and I draw my corner and we do our own thing and we like conversate from time to time and that's (laughs) like the best time of my life yeah um I we've talked about this before um I don't really feel I feel lost when I don't draw often mm-hmm. um I feel like because art has been a part of my life for so long it became a part of my identity um in a way drawing kind of felt like the only thing that I, I know it sounds a little dramatic but art always felt like the only thing I was good at and um so without it I feel like I lose a bit of myself but all throughout elementary school middle school and high school art was like literally something I would do on a daily basis or it would be part of my classes so I felt like 
it was very integrated into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like presents from family were art related. Um, my, you were there. <laughs> One of my birthday parties was actually going to an art gallery, yeah, uh, Bellagio for the Andy Warhol exhibit. Like it was literally a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And um, in college, I majored in fashion design, and I thought fashion design was gonna be a lot more design related that I than I thought but it wasn't um it was a lot more uh of a different kind of art so I don't want to like I'm, I'm not trying to shame like the fashion industry it just it ended up not being the kind of art form that I wanted yeah um, or something that I related to yeah I actually heard a podcast from like she was she also has a background in fashion design and she went through fashion school and everything and worked in fashion mm-hmm. and then she was sharing how um we don't love what you do it um let me see i wrote this down cuz i thought it was <laughs> <laughs> okay so when you're not doing something that you love it takes your away your love for creating and um like she loves to do art, she loves to create, but then fashion just kind of sucked that life out of her when she's not creating for herself and she's doing it for like structure or obligation for her job. Yeah, um, I completely agree with that. I feel like in college, as well as like my first industry experience in the fashion world, it was not as creative as I thought or hoped it would be. It was very much about pleasing higher ups. So in college, uh, fashion design was a lot more about pleasing your professors. And um, a very small percentage of it was actually creating things because like I would create these lingerie designs and then my professors was not a fan of lingerie or even like very provocative designs. And I was already not in her favor because of that, but it very stunted my creative growth. Like she didn't even let me do a lingerie line for my senior fashion show. And because of the kind of personality I have, it's not very um, aggressive or like, you know, I I like to avoid conflict as much as possible. Um, So I didn't push back, even though I feel like in a way I regretted it and I wish I did. I wish I pushed back and I didn't, let you know my creativity get sucked sucked out and mm-hmm. um and then in the industry it's even more so like not as creative as a lot of people would think um so the industry at least in fast fashion because I, I never worked in couture or um like a smaller business sense it was fast fast it was a fast fashion company that I worked for it was very merchant based so a lot of what we quote unquote designed was based off of um, how well we did last year. Um, And only certain trends were allowed to be designed into. Um, So it was very business oriented. Yes, it was very business oriented. Um, It wasn't, and in a way like it, the fashion industry does click with some people. I actually, there's a lot of fashion designers that I admire. There's one of my, as a freelancer, one of my main clients is a fashion designer. And what's funny is he never even went to fashion school. See, and then you get to create for yourself when you're not like, you know, getting sucked into all of that 
<laughs> exactly. And um, and also our creative director at, at the company that I used to work for, the creative director was actually a college dropout. <laughs> and I really feel like um, college was a point in my life where I felt like I just wasn't drawing anymore. It, I wasn't. I we would draw fashion figures and I would actually um, get in trouble for putting a lot of detail into the faces. And my teacher would tell me, you're not a face designer, you're a fashion designer. Oh my gosh. And I don't know, it kind of like, I didn't really like that. (laughs) Um, And I have a friend who also studied fashion design and she's doing her own thing now. And she actually said she was told that as well. She went to school in New York, completely different school than me. And she was also told, you're not a face designer, you're a fashion designer. And I wonder if they say that to so many people. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like some people listening to this, like, oh my gosh, I was told that too. Like, yeah. <laughs> the requirement as a teacher, you have to tell your students that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's such a toxic thing to say to it your is. art student, even if they are a fashion designer. I think drawing the face is important because before you can create the clothes, you need to know who your muse is. And that's oh, what yeah. creating the face is. So creative decisions like that, I wasn't able to make in the industry as well as fashion school. Mm-hmm. So after college and while I was working in fast fashion, I wasn't drawing. I was very burnt out. Um, and I feel like it was four years. Within those four years, I felt like I lost a part of myself because I wasn't drawing as often as I did. And just to give everyone a perspective, when I was painting a lot, I would do a lot of portraits. I drew a lot of galaxies and moons and very like surreal stuff. But because that did not relate to the fashion industry, um, I just wasn't doing it. Um, So that's why I want to like emphasize there's nothing wrong with being a fashion designer. It just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. But I do feel like a lot of successful fashion designers don't go to fashion school. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> um, so within those four years, I wasn't painting. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't painting for four years. And um, every time I would paint or draw, like, during that time period, I felt like it wasn't as good because I was so out of practice and I was comparing my drawings to my older self and I missed my older self. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I'm not going to lie. I was within those four years, I was, I was very depressed at work. Mm -hmm. I felt like, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't doing anything meaningful. I felt like, you know, like, the art director just say like he would just tell us what to do and it was like we were just pressing a button and we weren't making any creative decisions or any meaningful decisions and Mm -hmm. but then we would get in trouble for not making enough decisions and it just it was a weird tug of war game at work yeah I feel like that's what's a lot of like jobs the nine to five corporation jobs (laughs) all like in some ways, shape or form, they all kind of suck the life out of you. Because <laughs> you're not working for yourself because it's like how you can help them, not how they can help you. Exactly. And become, an art, become a better artist in your case. <laughs> exactly. And because I was 
So fashion is uh, a creative outlet. And because that was my job, I would come home so burnt out. We would work ungodly hours because I was on salary and I would come home just so tired. And instead of drawing, I just wanted to sleep and eat and like do um, non-stimulating tasks, like just watching random YouTube videos. Yeah, like- I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And it was un- like around October, 2019, um, I was actually looking at like some of my old paintings from high school. And I was like, I miss that old Melissa. I miss the Melissa who would paint on giant pieces of wood and would draw galaxies. So um, every October there's like a drawing challenge called Inktober where you would just draw every day and it would be based off of a list of different prompts. And um, I started doing Inktober and I wasn't very consistent. I would say I did about like 60% of the prompts because I was working at the time Mm -hmm. and there would be some days I'd come home like at 10 at night crying from my job because um, I didn't do something right or everyone is working late so everyone's kind of crabby with each other and I'm sensitive and you know I I wouldn't be in the mood to draw but um, during that time in October I actually like I forced myself to draw Um, and it was a, the, one of the best decisions because it pushed me and reminded me like who I am. And I guess coming full circle, that's how art in a way healed me. Like mm-hmm. I was really sad at my job and I did feel like my life, like the life out of me was sucked out and nothing I did was creative. I felt like a robot. And yeah. when I would paint and draw, um, for Inktober, I felt like I was gaining myself back. I felt like I was like escaping into my own world. Mm-hmm. I had the freedom to draw whatever I wanted. The company that I worked for was very, like, it was very preppy. It was very like bright colored. And, um, the world that I love to create was like kind of dark and eerie, but a little like dreamlike. So mm-hmm. at that time I was drawing a lot of like, uh, monsters in a watercolor scene <laughs> and it, it felt like me again like it yeah. felt, um I'm not into super scary things but I like to explore things that are a little that are a little eerie and mm-hmm. a little dark and um that was the complete opposite of the style and aesthetic of the company I worked for so it was nice to like ha- bring those things back into my life and then um eventually I started just drawing more and I kind of hid it from my coworkers because I was scared. I was scared that if they saw that I was painting, they would think that it was going to affect my job or um, a conflict of interest, even though it wasn't. Um, But I just always had that fear. So Mm -hmm. I never really talked about it. And then um, I lost my job due to COVID and I was, I was really down. It affected my life and my family greatly. Um, like a lot of companies don't realize this, but when they let people go, they don't just affect the one person, but like the actual family um, that, 
that company, that person's attached to. And so there was a lot of things I had to figure out in life and a lot of things I had to rework. And that's when I started to really immerse myself in art and not just do it after work, um, not just do it for fun, but start to actually draw art um, that I love to do, but an art that speaks to other people. Mm-hmm. And this is when like Animal Crossing came out. So I started doing um, portrait commissions for people's Animal Crossing characters. Doing Animal Crossing commissions was the first time I got a taste of people actually willing to pay for my artwork. And a lot of the times when people would come up to me or message me asking um, to do a portrait commission for them for Animal Crossing, they would give me a lot of freedom because they they were commissioning me because they liked my style. And then it gave me encouragement to just start doing my own thing and see if it would sell. And like just recently, I started painting moons again and galaxies and making keychains out of them or stickers. And those aren't commission based. Those are all based off of, you know, just what speaks to me. And the fact that people are willing to buy it, it, you know, it makes me feel like what I create is valid. And um, I guess, isn't that kind of what everyone wants in some shape or form, like some kind of validation that what they love to do is it's okay. And it's kind of connects you back to your younger self when you were in that corner at like family gatherings where like Mm -hmm. people would come up to you, you know, asking you what you were drawing. So I kind of see parallels in that, you know, Yeah, that makes sense. It does. It also like, just like naturally, like myself, I, I doubt myself a lot. I, uh, I always second guess what I'm doing is right. I care too much what people think of me. And unfortunately, and I'm not proud of this, but like whenever people question my decisions or do a slight insult at me, it, it really affects me. And in a way, like art is something that I can share with the world and it it's not about my looks. It's not about like, you know, certain things like also, I don't know how or how, why it speaks to certain people, but like when I started painting galaxies and the stars, like people really connect with that. I don't know how to explain it, but like- Yeah, I think it's just cause also it's like the intention you're putting into the artwork. Cause like you're creating something out of love, then people are naturally drawn to it. And then if you're not, then people are just like, um, that's not as good. So it's just like your intention when you're creating this stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're actually, um, how do I put this into words? But like, you can tell when someone's art comes from the heart or it has a story behind it. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just tell. Um, also, whenever I paint my moons and my stars, I get lost in it. Like I kind of, um, it becomes a trance and in a way painting is a form of meditation. Yeah, it is. Especially something I've been painting for so long since I was in high school. It's just, 
something that I can do without really thinking about it. And it's really relaxing. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. In the movie. Okay. I talked about this before we started recording, but in the movie soul mm-hmm. <laughs> on Disney plus. So there's mm-hmm. this thing in the movie. This is not really a spoiler, and but you should watch it. Okay. <laughs> like they have this thing where the guy get or people naturally find what they like and they get into quote unquote the zone where you just yes. get lost and then you just it feels like you're out of it's like an out of body experience when you're doing that thing that is exactly <laughs> it that is exactly it and i know it's not just painting and drawing um i know dancers they get in the zone yeah or, um like my dad, he's a chef. So like he, yeah. you know, cooking is an art form. You've mixed different ingredients together. How does this work? Um, you know, how does this taste? Yeah, and all oh, of those. Definitely. Stuff. Um, yeah, no matter what it is or what your art form is, you get in the zone and you kind of, it just flows out of you. It's very <laughs> natural and organic. And I feel like um, whether it's an art form or a job that you really love, like, mm-hmm. I know there's people in the medical field and it's something that they are actually really passionate about and yeah. they get in their own zone and art is my where I get my, into my zone and I kind of get into that trance and I guess that's also why when I went through that period of time where I wasn't drawing or creating um like even though I went to an art college um I wasn't as creative as I would have liked to be, or I wasn't creating the way I wanted to. And I was, there were so many restrictions. Um, so I feel like that's, that's when I start to lose myself. And it's kind of like art is my therapy. And mm-hmm. if I don't have that, I'm just, you know, I don't know how to explain that, but yeah, <laughs> it's a huge part of who you are. So without it, like even me knowing you for so long, you without art, like uh, what does she like? <laughs> like yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't know. Like <laughs> it's just like that's that's your identity is what you is who you are. It is. It's it kind of it also influences a lot of my decisions. It. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, when I'm choosing furniture, I choose like I choose like oh that's a good space to draw on. Or um, when I was apartment hunting, oh I want a place that has good lighting because when I record a YouTube video or paint, I want good natural lighting. Um, it influences a lot of like decisions in terms of lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, and it also. I don't know it just it gives me life it, yeah, it energizes it me and so, like, yeah, yeah for sure so based on your experience and everything how mm-hmm. do you think art and spirituality intersect I guess going back to the idea of art is like doing art is kind of like a meditation um I feel like there are some things in light like okay so how do I explain this? There are a lot of things in life that we just don't see. Um, I definitely am a huge believer in like other dimensions, other worlds, galactic like, beings. <laughs> yeah, life outside of Earth, and I feel like there's just a lot of things that we we just can't see that mm-hmm. um, 
and those who believe in a higher being or whatever. And I feel like art allows us to create a portal to those worlds. Oh, um, girl, yes. <laughs> dreams, like, yes. Like I, I've told you before, um, I asked you, I was like, do you ever dream of the same place? Like you visit same, pl- like they don't, there's places that don't exist. Um, mm-hmm. To give everyone context, like I would dream of these places that were obviously influenced by the places I've lived before, but they just don't exist. Like it's a weird version of Vegas or a more grassier version of San Francisco. And I would visit these places a lot in my dreams, but there'd be different scenarios or different um, like stories behind them. Cause I feel like every time I dream, there's like a plot going on and I'm like going towards a goal. And when I wake up, that's the end of the movie. And you were like, you told me that maybe that's something I need to draw one day. And so art can be a portal to people's dreams um, and create a window to places other people can't see. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. And like when you're drawing too, it's kind of like you're channeling your artwork because like you're creating something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, I was listening to another thing like especially like musicians when they're coming up with like these tunes and then the, the production behind the music like mm-hmm. that's kind of out of nothing like it this one artist I know he just started humming like a melody to like his one of his most famous songs and that that's all it started it just started out with humming and he's just like wait can you hum that again so it's just like when you talk about it being a portal, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> I am yes. all for it because like without art, we won't be able to, um, you know, there is no portal. We're living in 3D reality and then it's just so boring. But with it art, it just opens up so many doors, you know. It does. It does. And um, even other artists inspire me. Like I am a huge supporter of buying other artists' um originals or prints and just supporting them because um i like their view on life as well like um i think it's super important that people have like a good variety um like diversity in their friend group Mm -hmm. and diversity like not just like your race or your sexual orientation, but like diversity in your perspectives on life and what your upbringing is because, and I feel like buying other people's artwork is kind of opening your mind to their world and their perspective. Yeah. Do you ever try to interpret someone else's artwork? Um, in a way I do. It's kind of, I feel like a lot of the artwork I'm drawn to is a little more uh, open-ended or very calm. Like there's not much to interpret. It's more of, I guess to answer a question, not all artwork has something to interpret, but more to convey an emotion. And so like a lot of the artwork that I buy, it's because it makes me feel calm or Ah, yeah. This reminds me of my, um, when I studied abroad, my roommate, mm-hmm. she randomly came back one day and she's like, Hey, I got a tattoo today. I'm just like, oh just, just like that. Just spontaneously, like right here on your arm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And then 
then I'm just like, okay, that kind of makes sense because I've read about things like tattoos. They don't really have to mean something to you as long as it makes you happy and it's on there, you know? So that day, like we were like talking about it. I'm just like, okay, like it makes you happy. Like I can see how much joy it sparks you. Like it doesn't have to mean something. Um, That's actually how I feel about my tattoo. (laughs) I mean, my tattoo is not meaningless. Uh, Actually, when I got my tattoo was kind of spontaneous, not as spontaneous as your roommate, but um, I was, it was like the first year of my internship and I was walking down, down the street and there was this like building and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I walk in, <laughs> sounds really sketchy, but um, I walked in and it was a tattoo parlor and it wasn't, it was kind of an unconventional tattoo parlor. It, it felt very calm and, uh, there was a smell of incense, which is very, Ooh. smells very homey to me. They were playing jazz and I was like, I like this place. And I started to look at the artist por- portfolios and I was like, I, cause I didn't have a tattoo at the time. I was like, this is where I want to get my tattoo. And I booked my appointment then and there. I think, and, yeah, well, there was a reason why you were drawn to that place. So I think it was yeah. like, very meant to be. And it reminds me of when we were in San Francisco. Remember when we mm-hmm. were like in the mission district and then mm-hmm. we walked into this, I think, I thought, I think you thought it was like a fabric store or something. So we yeah. walked in and then we heard like singing and then um, they were singing Ingrid Michaelson, mm-hmm. one of those, one of her songs. And then it sounded like the radio, but it wasn't. We walked a little further down. There was like downstairs. It was like yes. a hidden venue. And there were, they were putting on a show in the middle of the freaking afternoon. <laughs> yes. And they were like, um, oh, no, no, no. I do remember. I didn't. I thought it was a furniture store. Oh, furniture. Yeah. And we walk in and it was it was like, you know, it was like okay. and then there were we heard music and the person working at the front desk like that looked like a cash register. They were like, oh, yeah, we have a bar downstairs. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I love moments like those. I yeah. had a lot of those in San Francisco. Um uh, but going back to the tattoo. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, I was just like, <laughs> I really, that reminds me of that story because like whatever we're meant to find, we will find. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when I got my tattoo, it did have, a, it did have somewhat of a meaning to it just because the, I did a quick sketch of it, but it was inspired by one of my favorite artists, uh, Audrey Kawasaki. And I actually didn't know about Audrey Kawasaki until I was in high school and high school was a huge incremental part of my life and mm-hmm. a part of my identity. And I, it was like one of my, the favorite moments in my life. Um, but I also love Audrey Kawasaki. Um, it was based off of her floating goldfish painting. And so, but when people ask like, what is the meaning behind your tattoo? Um, I tell them it's it's supposed to represent my flow of creativity because it's two goldfish going in like a yin yang around a bunch of flowers, uh, peonies. And, you know, people kind of look at me like it's a bullshit answer, but that is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's It represents my flow of creativity and it, it kind of grounds me. And in a way, I guess it could be interpreted as a tattoo with no meaning. And I just like how it looks. But also there was a lot of meaning to me getting that tattoo. Like a lot of Asian cultures look down on tattooed girls and um, they view you as 
like you're part of the yakuza or the mafia or like i've been told by family members that only dirty girls get tattoos so um in a way i feel like a ta my tattoo became a part of me and it also kind of sets the tone for when i walk in the room i don't know if you want to put that in but <laughs> um because i don't know if that has to do with healing and whatnot but yeah yeah well uh we were also talking about this earlier too about like how art can speak to a lot of people and it could make like huge impact depending on what you see because a lot of people are visual learners so like I was giving the example of um the the Asian artworks that I see I saw a long time ago like how they were there were Asian nail ladies um mm -hmm. And then there were, you know, they're doing nails on these white people. But then in the next portrait, they the roles were switched while the white women were doing the Asian ladies' nails. So that is just like, you know, seeing that is so powerful because like my mom, she's a nail technician and she works mm -hmm. at a nail salon. So seeing it switched around where like she doesn't have to do someone's nails and toes, like someone gets yeah. to do her nails and toes, like it was yeah. so powerful for me to see. That makes sense. It's it, it sounds very personal. And also I, I get it. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Art creates different realities that we want or it it kind of like. Like I was saying earlier, like art creates different perspectives mm -hmm. on life and a lot of people aren't good at explaining themselves or their struggles or their frustrations. And that example that you just gave is an example of how you can convey a message to people through art. And yeah. um, I, like right now, like uh, last year during um, the Black Lives Matters movement, right now, anti-Asian hate, a lot of things that have very good traction right now is artwork about that. And it speaks to a lot of people like that's why a lot of people are sharing artwork related to that because it it's a lot it's a clearer message than just words sometimes yeah yeah I some remember. people are good at words though but yeah yeah but artwork because thinking about like the black lives matter movement too like there were a lot of artworks that there was, there was this one particular artist i don't know i forgot his name but maybe you could like maybe you know him but like you know how like you know young people they're getting shot by the police and stuff so this artist painted mm -hmm. so how long how many years they lived they only painted that portrait for 27 years no 27 oh. seconds oh. or 27 minutes for their 20 years of life i know exactly who you're yeah. talking about and i think they made it on a big magazine like esquire or gq or something but um yeah his artwork is beautiful and also that was very powerful i cried i cried looking I at him too. just like oh my gosh this portrait didn't get to get finished because you know <laughs> like it yeah that that concept was one like very creative very well done mm -hmm. and two yeah it kind of shows you know our it puts life into perspective like mm -hmm seeing an unfinished portrait because they only lived for um like 16 years mm -hmm. so an only 16 minute portrait it kind of just goes to show like how unfair it could be and how unfair it is so yeah having artwork like that that was very powerful that was a very good example yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
but yeah, it, it helps out a lot when art has a meaning behind it. And that's when it starts to speak to people. Mm -hmm. um, and I give so much kudos to people who are really good at speaking and explaining. There's a speaker, um, their name is Jenea. Uh, I follow them on Instagram. I wish I can think of the username right now, but um, Janae is very good at speaking, putting things into words. Um, and I feel like the way, like their artwork is actually through words. And mm -hmm. um, that's another form of creativity, another form of art. It is. And I'm very bad at explaining things. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I misunderstood a lot. I feel like I tumble on my words. I have done public speaking before um, in high school. I was in student council and I've done like, I had to go on stage for assemblies, but before I could do those things, I would be practicing for hours in front of the mirror because it just wasn't yeah. so natural to me. Same thing, girl. <laughs> I had to do yep, a presentation at work and then I, I would have to practice. I would yes. wake up early just to practice for that presentation that day. <laughs> Same here. I would, yeah, at my last job, I would come in early, look at the presentation and like practice, anticipate it, it but because it, it wasn't natural. Whereas mm -hmm. drawing and painting is just something natural. And I feel like it's my native language. In yeah. A way. Part <laughs> of my native language. Um, but yeah, I guess. When you asked me to do this topic of art and healing, I thought you were going to ask, like, how does art heal other people? And I don't know if it's relevant. Like my I guess every artist's story is so unique. But art is healing to me because it just has always been a part of me. Um, and when it's taken away, I feel sick. I feel yeah. like I lose myself. Um, and I guess in a way, the last take takeaway is like, um, art can be healing for other people and convey very important messages. But I guess like the main important thing is stay, sounds cheesy, but like stay true to yourself. And if you know something is a part of you, something comes naturally to you, don't take it out of your life, nourish it, protect it. I didn't protect art in my life. I allowed it to get sucked out of me and relate it to bad life experiences in college and work and bringing it back into my life gave me back my identity. You gave you back your power too. It did. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Melissa, for coming back on. I enjoyed having you and hearing all about your um, journey through your artistic endeavors. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So is there like, uh, where can people find you? Oh, um, so on Instagram, my name is Silky Mochi. Um, I am Melissa Mochi on TikTok. And TikTok. You, can find <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can also find me on Silky Mochi on YouTube. And then you can go on my website, shop my stuff at silkymochi.com. Yes. And I'll have that all in the show notes. Thank awesome. you guys so much for listening. Make sure you give Melissa a follow. Um, take a look at her artwork. It's amazing. Like if you're really into like the stars and the cosmos and galaxies. Yeah, her stuff. <laughs> You'll love her stuff. 
Okay, well, thank you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And um, I'm available for Reiki sessions. And yeah, (laughs) I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.